You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. It's hard to believe that Marvin Bagley will be entering his fourth official season of his NBA career. Time sure flies, but Marvin Bagley, in terms of games played, has not completed two full seasons yet. Because of his injuries and all the other issues surrounding the former number two overall pick, there's a lot of questions about whether or not the Kings should continue to try and make it work or try and cash in on whatever value Marvin has left this offseason. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'll be joined by ABC 10's Sean Cunningham to talk all things Marvin Bagley, his potential future in Sacramento, his trade value, pairing him with Buddy Heald or the draft pick to try and get some kind of value in return. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This was my seventh season covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. My conversation with Sean is going to dominate the podcast today. A lot of interesting stuff that we discuss surrounding Marvin, and we want to hear your feedback. So your thoughts on whether the Kings should keep Marvin, try and run it back for one more year, what position Marvin would play off the bench or as a starter going forward, or if the Kings should try and trade him. Him, whether it's straight up player for player, attach a draft pick to him, package him with Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. If you have any thoughts on any of that, let me know at Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Think about that while you listen to my conversation with ABC 10's Sean Cunningham. We spent a whole episode talking about Buddy Heald, what the Sacramento Kings can do with Buddy, what they should do with Buddy, what is appropriate value for Buddy Heald, and if the Kings and Buddy could work something out long-term for him to be a part of what's hopefully a playoff team for the Kings next season. Well, now we're focusing on another major name with a lot of question marks surrounding him. That is Marvin Bagley. And here to discuss all things Marvin Bagley with me is from ABC 10, Sean Cunningham back here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Sean, very familiar with Marvin Bagley, not just through all the time that he spent here in Sacramento, but of course his days at Duke. Sean is our resident uh, Duke expert here as as well as Duke fan (laughs) and also one of the best journalists here in Sacramento covering your Kings. Sean, welcome back, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you. Team Tegna in the house. Yeah, it's good to be back, Matt. Uh, Tegna, for those people who don't know, Tegna, the people who own ABC10, also own the uh, Locked On Podcast Network. So this is is always fun to catch up, Matt. Under the same umbrella. And there's a Rihanna joke in there that I will not, uh, that I will not take any further than just that. But uh, before we (laughs) actually get into the Marvin Bagley conversation, 
It's always good to start off an interview going a bit off topic, but speaking of Duke, the announcement from Coach K that he will be retiring following this upcoming season. I'm curious your thoughts on that announcement uh, and then also a, a, any opinion on a potential short-term or maybe even long-term effect that that could have on Duke's recruiting and ability to, to turn out NBA talent. Do you think it'll have an effect in any way? Yeah, I think it could. I'm, I mean, look, we're there. Uh, seeing Coach K leave is is going to be something that was definitely expected. Obviously, it was something that was was definitely coming down the pike. Maybe we didn't think it was going to happen as soon as uh, next year after this coming season, but uh, it was definitely time. Uh, I think it's the right thing to happen. I mean, you've seen assistants wait for so long, and in hopes that 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 role might pop up, and they put their coaching careers on hold and. Um, fortunately for John Shire is, is somebody who's going to be able to kind of come in and, and uh, you know, he gets the coach K seal of approval and, and he'll be able to take over. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I, th- I don't, I look, I think there's two, there's two programs, maybe three, if you want to count Oregon, but really two in college basketball that are essentially team Nike, which are Duke and Kentucky. And they are the poster perennial programs for Nike uh, in general. So um, because of that, I think, look, the legacy continues. Uh, I think the, the Duke basketball will still be able to draw. Now, if they have seasons like what happened last year and now coach K isn't there, I, I think there is a, a shelf life to that. There's a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a honeymoon period. So maybe we get three years removed and Duke isn't making the tournament and then things change significantly. But I think in the short term, yes, you'll still be able, you'll still be a powerhouse. You'll still be a program that's going to be drawing top tier talent, but do they want to do that? And what I mean by that is so many of these players, these one and dones, they, they, they also now have the ability to go to the G league and play there and jump right to jump right to uh, the pros right afterwards. And we're seeing that more and more. We've already seen some people take their talents overseas to play a year and then come in uh, to the NBA. So uh, I think with that being more and more of a possibility, uh, I think Duke's focus should no longer really go after that that one and done, but go after the ones that can help your program from a long-term standpoint. Look at the Baylor Bears and what they were doing. Look at what Gonzaga is doing. Look at these programs that are really, you know, getting top-tier talent, but p- putting a great product on the floor and one that actually contends in a tournament. So Marvin Bagley, of course, coming out of Duke, part of that 2018 draft class that is absolutely showcasing right now in the NBA playoffs. You talk about DeAndre Ayton and what he's doing with the Phoenix Suns, even though he's not the main guy there. You look at what Trey Young is doing with the Atlanta Hawks, their their battle with Philadelphia right now. Luka Doncic is, of course, Luka, even though he and the Mavericks were eliminated in the opening round by the Clippers. And then you have Marvin Bagley in this, this field, the number two overall pick who still has tremendous upside, Sean, uh, but unfortunately because of just ridiculously bad luck with injuries plus what really emerged this year is some off-court drama which I don't really think is fair to call it his fault all these things have compiled into overall Bagley's uh, career to this point being a disappointment across the board Bagley's disappointed his family's disappointed the Kings are disappointed the fans are disappointed but are we at the point in your mind that the Kings should really be considering cutting their losses especially with the GM here currently is not the GM that drafted him cutting their losses 
trying to salvage some value for Bagley and, and just moving on and, and calling that 2018 draft a, a failure? Or do you think there's still a lot more uh, to keeping Bagley around and maybe giving it one more run through? Matthew, that's a lot to unpack, buddy. <laughs> there's a lot in that question. We're a podcast. You say- have all the time you want. <laughs> Uh, where do we begin? Uh, I will say this. If you have a GM who's coming in and looking at as a, as a playoff, as a team that did not make the playoffs, even when they added two more playoff positions to the season and you still didn't make the playoffs, you shouldn't look at any player as untouchable on your team. And I'm saying De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton included, because look at what it took to get Paul George to the Clippers. Look what it took to get Anthony Davis, another injury riddled player to the Lakers. I mean, look at what the Lakers had to do in general to bring in a, to bring in LeBron James, AD, all those guys. I mean, you're seeing all-stars, Julius Randle, uh, borderline all-stars like, like Brandon Ingram all shipped out. Lonzo Ball, a former top, you know, top whatever pick. So um, nobody, everybody should be approaching it. Like if there's the opportunity to get better, you do because you're not good enough. You're not good enough. The object is to get better. Um, when you focus solely on Marcus, on, on Marcus, excuse me, his brothers entering to the draft. Uh, when you when you when you focus solely on Marvin Bagley, this is the way I look at it, both as a media member and as an organization. But I think fans should probably do the same. And honestly, as I've told you before, Matt, Twitter and social media is dreck when it comes to this because it likes to focus so much on negativity. I get it. The kid hasn't been healthy. Uh, he played forty three games this season. Uh, I think one of the when we talked earlier in the season, what was the, one of the three things to define success? Neither of those three were playoffs. When you talked to me, mm-hmm. I told you it was De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, but chief among them was Marvin Bagley has to show the ability to play, improve and stay healthy. This was his essentially his sophomore season. Um, you know, Steph Curry dealt with a lot of injuries. Michael Jordan was out his in, for all but 15 games of his sophomore season. And they're all older than Marvin Bagley. Think of this. I got in this debate the other day with somebody, uh, and they wanted to talk about Steph Curry. And I had to point out that you realize Steph Curry played three years at Davidson, right? And then he had injury problems. And it wasn't until, what, I think four years in he became an all-star, five years in an all-star. Might have to check the math on that. But essentially he was, what, 25, 24 by the time he became an all-star? Marvin's not even that yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's so far away. My point is, I keep telling you this, you're not good enough as the Kings to throw away unproven talent unless you're getting significantly better. So what I would say is, no, Marvin's not untouchable. And certainly Marvin has been a disappointment from an injury standpoint. But I think you would agree in the 43 games he played this year, uh, most of them were uh, you took a positive result away. You showed that, man, you know, that that second bounce, that second jump is, is elite. Um, he certainly has a knack to score. He's improved his three-point shooting. He's, he's improved his defense some. The right hand is a little bit of question. There's a lot of holes that you can punch through. But for a guy who's essentially just completed his second NBA season, he hasn't even played two full years. And these injuries aren't injuries that are ACL, Achilles related, that they're not really serious. They're just breaking bones. It'd be one thing, I've told you this throughout the season, if the kid had a bad back or a sore knee or something like that, and he's missing games because of that, that's troublesome. But this dude legit broke bones, <laughs> you know. He's literally had a, a foot problem in his in his rookie year, and that doesn't look to be a problem anymore. You know, he injured his foot, came back, foot looks fine. Uh, injures his hand, injures his finger. Um, these are legit NBA injuries uh, that 
our bad luck. But you compare it to the likes of Demonis Sabonis, Steph Curry, AD, things that people have experienced injuries. AD's still going through it. And uh, I think I think Sacramento would sign up right now and take AD as of as right now. Like, right? Like I don't think anybody would sit there and and say we're not going to bring that all-star talent to Sacramento because of some injury history that he has. So um and obviously, you know, they didn't have him and the Lakers are out. So uh, long, long-winded answer. I don't think you throw anything off the table. If you're getting better right away, sure, you look at it. I don't know what that deal could be, but you get creative. I would have, if I'm Monty McNair, the minute the season's over, I'm looking at every team and I'm just saying, I'm saying, hey, who do you like on my team? Who do you like? On, what do I like in your team? And those are how discussions get started. I'd ask, you know, hey, everyone's on the table everyone's on the table for me because you're not good enough. And I'd say just to kind of wrap up the long-winded response to a very heavy loaded question, Pat, <laughs> I, I would say if you're trading Marvin Bagley and you're ending up getting people who are equally as unproven, or, you know, maybe it's a draft pick, it signifies that you're just kicking the can further down the road. You might as well see what you have with Marvin and look, it's not going to cost that much. Like anyone is putting it out there and I'm going to shame some other media members in the process when they say, you know, Oh, keeping Marvin Bagley, who's already under contract in a rookie contract precludes you to have to not go out and get Rashawn Holmes, who you might not want anyway. Like one has nothing to do with the other. You know, if you really want Rashawn Holmes, you go sign Rashawn Holmes and you make it work. There, there's plenty of things you could do as we've talked right going into this off season, Matt, the biggest commodity that you have this off season is that draft pick, no matter where it lands, before you attach a name to it? Yep. Because you can package that with anybody. You can keep it by yourself. You trade up, trade down. Endless possibilities. And what do we know about Monty McNair? He wants flexibility. Trading a guy like Marvin Bagley kind of flies in the face of that unless you're getting better. Today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Credit Karma Money has already given away $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma instant karma sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvp bank inc member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact 
same auto parts as a chain store or new car dealership. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based off of what the market will bear like airlines do for example. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. I know absolutely nothing about cars. I've been recently going through some car trouble needed to replace the part. The dealership was going to charge me way too much for it. I went onto rockauto.com. I got the part for $75 cheaper than what the dealership was asking for, not to mention the labor prices. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts they have available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Marvin is set to make $11.3 million next year before a $14.7 million qualifying offer heading into the 22-23 season. You're absolutely right. As much as the Kings would love to have an extra $11.3 million to send or to spend to potentially reach out to a guy like Rashawn Holmes, if you're going to make a salary dump move, Marvin Bagley is not the first guy or the that second ain't the guy, guy or ain't even the, guy. Even no. the third guy that probably comes to mind uh, when you're talking about the Sacramento Kings roster to, to try and free up some money. Sean, I want to go back a little bit because I remember when we heard that Marvin was rejoining the team and there were a lot of question marks. You asked the question of Monty McNair in his postgame or his postseason press conference, rather, about why Marvin went away uh, and and went home after his injury. I don't need to focus any more on that. We're still not entirely sure why, but it 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 happened. And when we heard that he was coming back and the Kings were picking him up when they went to Phoenix, my initial reaction was, I don't I don't understand why. I don't understand what playing Marvin Bagley towards the end of that season is going to do. Uh, And I still kind of felt that way or feel that way now, except when Marvin came back, I thought he looked the best that he's he's maybe ever looked in a Kings uniform in terms of getting his scoring in the flow of the offense. Defensively, he's still not great, but he didn't look completely lost like he's looked at times. And ultimately, what I took away from that, Sean, is that from point A, the start of the season, to point B, the final game that he played when he unfortunately got hurt again and couldn't actually close out the season, Marvin got better. And that's, I, I don't know if that would have been enough to, uh, to, to quench our thirst for Marvin at the beginning of the season, but overall, Marvin did improve. And how much of that is worth trying to attach him to this new, or maybe not new, but this current Kings uh, focus, which is making the playoffs as early as next season? Well, I mean, yeah, he, he got better, and that's what you wanted to see. And I will agree with you to an extent, like, it was the most comfortable we've seen Mark uh, to see Marvin on the floor, but I would remind people Marvin was a stud his rookie season. I mean, Marvin came in, looked sure of himself, looked like a man. Uh, and I would remind people that the Kings were at their worst when Marvin Bagley wasn't on the floor when he had his injuries. Um, and it's not like he was, you know, I mean, he had a couple injury runs, but they weren't prolonged absences. Um, like we've seen obviously in the second season and a little bit this year, I mean, they were some that lasted a couple weeks, things like that. Um, he, he, he was absolutely sensational um, in his rookie season. Coming into, his, into this season, uh, yeah, there was, it looked like sometimes he was just 
lost out there. Like the confidence was gone. He was shot. He had to build himself up as a basketball player again. And look, I know off the floor that kid will say he's the most confident player on the, in the floor, loves the game constantly with a basketball in his hands, all of that. Um, but it just didn't appear that way. And I'll, I'll, that Warriors game just sticks out like a sore thumb to me where he looked absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, James Wiseman uh, looked like the superior player and by a long shot. I mean, it, it, Marvin looked terrible. So I do think, um, and I'm with you, we're all still puzzled by whatever reason Marvin was told to go away. But whatever reason it is, I mean, Marvin's still on the team. If it was an attempt to trade him and maybe listen to offers and just get him away, uh, well, then fine. You know, it's still unusual, but but maybe that's what you were trying to do. If it wasn't, it certainly makes it look like that could have been the issue. If it wasn't, then uh, I don't have a great answer for you. And I still think that it's a, a silly move, but what's the one thing we wanted to see is him come out and play. And he did. And you're right. And Matt, that was a, a great stretch of games beginning with that one, with that win over the Lakers where he was so good. And uh, to me, it's all about the confidence. I mean, when you go through any injury, oftentimes there's, there's players who have the injury in the back of their minds and they're trying not to do it again, or they might have to do a move or two or, or fall on the ground or fall into the stands and dive for a loose ball and, and do something to where all of a sudden you go, okay, this feels right. I didn't get hurt. I got to go do this. He just looked like he had that confidence back. I don't know what it was. So um, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good thing to, to carry into the off season. Uh, and again, uh, if you were looking to trade Marvin Bagley at that time, it's the other thing I'll say about that moment is if you were looking to trade him, you didn't help his value any mm-hmm. by sending him home. Cause you make him look even softer than maybe what you thought he looked like before. So um, look, it's just, a, it's a young player. This team has, important players that are young and that's that's just a that's just a, a tragedy of the way the team is built but it's also part of the the sexiness of it you know this is still a a very nice talent that will you know maybe people's expectations might have been too high they are what they are right now i still think that kid can be an all-star player in this league um but certainly he's a far he's far from it right now i want to go back to something you said earlier you you talked about you you make any move or any move is on the table if you get better, and as long as you get better. And then you uh, appropriately brought up this year's draft pick. We still don't know what the lottery, where that pick's going to end up. They have the best chances at nine, but they have a, a decent chance to move up into the top four, and we've seen the Kings move up in the draft a, a couple times before. It's how they landed Bagley. It's how they landed De'Aaron yeah. Fox as well. So it's certainly not unheard of, and we know that how much talent is in the top five of this draft, and that can immediately boost the value of this pick. So we don't know what kind of commodity this pick is yet, but we do know that it is a commodity, a commodity that you could attach to a player like Marvin Bagley and potentially get significant interest around the league. I could also see, and I had a conversation with Kenny Carraway about this, the the potential, now this is a big money deal we're talking about here, but pairing a Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald together, if the Kings are really trying to make a, a big splash move to acquire a, a piece uh, in the trade market that currently is being paid a, a big chunk of change. So ultimately, there is still some versatility, uh, versatility with Marvin when it comes to his value, I don't think straight up value is the appropriate thing to look at. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but it was Sadiq Bay that we heard rumors about between the uh, the the Kings and the Detroit Pistons, player for player, straight up. And it, and it sounds like the Pistons said no. Straight up value, I, I certainly question, or or at least from we heard. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Yeah, well, I mean, look, rumors are rumors, right? right? I mean, it's it's again, 
things will get out there. A lot of them are get put out there by agents. Sure. Uh, so you might have a discussion where, yes, yeah, Sacramento and Detroit may have talked about a few players. That doesn't mean there was a deal on the table. They go, hey, who do you like? Well, I like Sadiq Bay. Who do you like here? Well, we don't know. <laughs> you know, who knows? I, I don't personally, I don't think there's a lot of attractiveness on the Kings roster at the moment. I think there is in the sense that there's certain there's a lot of players that can help teams. Um, there's a lot of bloated contracts. Um, but I, I think, you know, it, uh, so many of those things get reported as fact. And I think the reality of of a lot of those things that come out there don't end up really being true. So um, I, 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 at least from what I had known about those discussions is they were extremely preliminary preliminary. Mm-hmm. And usually when I, I, I said, okay, great. Define preliminary. Yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> we like this person. We have interest. We're looking at this person. Sometimes they're looking at people for stuff two or three years down the road. Mm. Cause think of it that way. I mean, Matt, when you've got a guy who's coming up into free agency and restricted free agency, what do you do if you're the opposing team who wants a player who's under restricted free agency? You go and offer him a crazy deal that the home team might not be able to, might not be wanting to give them. Right. And you start, saw how that played out. We saw how that played out with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. And you start that scouting process year in advance or years in advance. You don't just wait until a couple of months before. 100%. And, and, you know, there is a thing called tampering. So, you know, you got to be careful on how you do it. But, a lot of these agents do the legwork for uh, these organizations. You know, they say, hey, you know, Sacramento kind of likes you. You know, Sacramento likes you. They like some of these things, blah, blah, blah. You know, they've got some pieces here that are now here are long term. Um, maybe kind of think about how things might suit you as an individual coming to that. If you're Sadiq Bay, you're, you're hearing all this stuff. And if you're Sadiq Bay, you're already familiar with Sacramento because of the pre-draft process. Um, and and you have, you've had moments to to kind of picture yourself playing in a Kings uniform and, and things like that. So I'm just using that as an example, right. but I think you have to be very, very careful in saying that these rumors are almost as facts because um, gosh, there's so many things that, that just don't end up being true that, that kind of fit a narrative out there. Especially around trade deadline season. Well, the, the Absolutely. question, the question I was going to ask you, Sean is uh, with Marvin's uh, the potential of Marvin being a, a piece that is, attached to a draft pick or rather a draft pick is attached to him or another player like Buddy Heald or, or someone else instant pl- uh, insert player B uh, into the a trade package with Marvin is that in your mind the most likely scenario where we see a Marvin Bagley trade or do you imagine that uh, Marvin Bagley's value paired with something else is going to be better or potentially more lucrative for Sacramento to make a kind of aggressive move that Monty wants compared to just floating uh, Marvin out there by himself and saying, Hey, highest bidder. Those are those questions where you want to beat your head against the wall because, <laughs> because I mean, that's like, that's like saying, Hey, if I go cut down this tree, is the sun going to shine through here during this time of the, you know what I mean? Like, like, is this going to really, like, you don't know maybe how the tree grows. Like right. it, there, there's so many uncertainties there. I would say, look, I think, I think if you're trying to land a player that's going to make you better, like in the in the now process not not two years down the road that Marvin Bagley strictly based on the money that he that he makes is tradable I don't think he's the most desired piece that you have I think again it's the it's the draft pick so yeah I think Marvin Bagley and that pick could be very attractive to a lot of teams but I think Marvin Bagley or I'm excuse me I think that pick and Harrison Barnes could be attractive I think that pick and I mean here's a here's a holy s idea for you Matt how about this and I'm not saying I, I, I did this on the radio the other day on 1140. And I think I made 
Doug Christie fall off his chair. <laughs> I'm not saying you do this trade. So please don't. I have to preface, you're not doing this trade. But knowing what it took to get somebody like Anthony Davis, Paul George, stuff like that, right? What if you're going out there and saying, all right, well, I've got this pick. Everyone loves Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a lot of money right now. What if I'm moving Tyrese Halliburton and this pick and I'm bringing in some, a talent like Paul George mm-hmm. or I'm bringing in a talent of that? You're not bringing in maybe an all-star superstar player but you're bringing in maybe one of those next level i just use paul george as an example because look at what it took to get paul george to la yep i mean it was a crazy deal right i mean look at all the picks that oklahoma city now has right so they gave up shake bill just alexander to oklahoma city to make these trades happen to get Kawhi leonard i'm just saying it takes a massive haul to get some of these things and in sacramento you're not you don't think it's going to take a massive haul so if you haven't if you're if you're swinging for the fences here and honestly, look, Monty McNair in keeping with the flexibility is talking about trying to make a big move. Now, I think his definition of big, and I think this is where they run, you know, they run, they don't do themselves any favors because they set the fan base up for like, oh, it's going to be a big move. And then when you go out and sign, and I'm just going to use this for an example, maybe you go out and trade for Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Is that big enough? I mean, I certainly think that would be, look, Vladi Divas tried to go after Tobias Harris. Uh, that was a that was a guy who was circled in the old regime, like number one with a bullet. So um, they weren't able to land him. But if Philly falls apart and loses this series, could Philly be shaken up at all? Uh, does Ben Simmons stay there? Does do, do things become open and, and, and available over there? Do they kind of blow it up? We know Daryl Morey's over there. He he's he's a little bit of a of a, of a wild card now. So um, what what does it look like? And I don't think anybody kind of trusts. Uh, you know, this, I mean, I, I knew I was going to fall into this, the trust, the process, they're not going to maybe trust what this process is going forward. You know, you've got Embiid who was an MVP caliber player, but maybe the other things you're not so sure about, obviously you're paying Tobias Harris a lot of money, but is that enough? So I'm not saying you move Halliburton or this pick, but I'm not throwing it off the table. If you really want to make a big splash. Yeah, you could talk about Tobias Harris there. You could talk about Pascal Siakam. You brought up uh, DeMontis Savonis with the Indiana Pacers. Who knows, depending upon where the Clippers end their playoff run, if they decide to run back Kawhi and Paul George again. So, uh, of course. Think about it this way, too. Sorry, Matt, I don't mean to cut you. Think about it this way, too. If you're a Kings fan, you're literally talking about all these teams who are trying to re-tinker, almost hit the reboot button, and you want to be the beneficiary of that. Mm -hmm. You're not going after... Um, somebody at the top of their game right now, like Nikola Jokic, who just won the MVP award, right? Um, what about CJ McCollum? Mm-hmm. What do they do? And what about what do they do in 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 Portland? I mean, if if that pick and Tyrese Halliburton and maybe Marvin Bagley became CJ McCollum, what would people think of that? It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is, so it's just these are these conversations that they have to have. So to me, nobody nobody is untouchable. Nobody's untouchable. They, they traded DeMarcus Cousins at the height of his contract, right? Who was on, on the way to get a, a max contract that every team would have likely given him. Uh, and they ended up getting, in my opinion, not enough. Mm. And I think history would show you not enough based on what they, what, what other teams got for the likes of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and 
other other all-stars. I hope you're taking advantage of betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, to make some money on the sports you love. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With baseball season in full swing and the NBA playoffs going on right now, you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, all your UFC, MMA action, Bet Online has it all. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, all one word, to get that free cash. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Well, let's assume that Marvin Bagley is still then on the team by training camp whenever that begins and, and going into next season. This is really the main question I wanted to get to, and I'm glad we're, we're ending with it, Sean, is what does Marvin Bagley working in Sacramento look like short-term and long-term? Two very different questions, um, and, and I'm <laughs> expecting another long answer here, but I, I, I like it. I can kick back, put my feet up, and listen to Sean Cunningham spew all of his, uh, his, his insight and knowledge that I don't have. But short-term looking at coming off the bench, uh, a replacement right away for Rashawn Holmes, trying him at the five if you want to continue to try and go small. And then long-term, are we still looking at Marvin as a fit in that core group with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox? Like, what, in your mind, what does working out look like in Sacramento for Marvin Bagley? You know why I'm laughing. You know why I'm laughing because you're, you're you don't even know what your team looks like yet. <laughs> You know, so like, who's to, how do you answer those questions? I'm laughing too because this is a guy who can't stay healthy, mm-hmm. and he's shown he's shown that he hasn't had the ability to stay healthy. So, um, let's. I would say if it's me, and for conversations that I've had, let's see what it looks like. You know, let let's see what it looks like first. We don't know if Mar- if for Sean Holmes is back. If Marvin Bagley's back, I expect him to play and play bulk minutes and, and have to go out there and, and improve the development period is still there for him. Um, but it coincides with trying to compete. So they want to win. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think people can expect that. I, I think you're, you're hoping to see a double, double average from him uh, at some point next year. Um, that, that I don't think is off the table. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that would be, I mean, this kid should be averaging a double, double. It's crazy. Um, so as long as he's staying healthy, but long-term, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I don't know. I mean, you're getting into a point where you're probably going to have to pick up his option um, just because of the, the talent, the unproven talent that he is. And obviously it's, it's still a, you don't know what he is yet. Um, some people might think they do, but, and that's fine. But I feel like even picking up the, the option isn't going to hurt your, it's not going to hurt yourself. Like I think you could do a lot worse than Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think if you're a fan, if you're an organization, if you're media, it's going to be much like this year. Go out there, improve, stay healthy, and play. And whatever role that is, off the bench, starting center, starting power forward, I think if it's me, I mean, obviously you're going to have Luke Walton back, but if it's me, you know, I think I've got a big enough sample size of seeing you with another center like Rashawn Holmes to where I can say, depending upon what the team looks like, I think my preference is to play you at the five. Um, you know, certainly you've you've improved, but I, I think – you know, I think having a stretch four would be better. You've shown the ability to stretch the floor. Great. Now you're a center that can do that. 
let's get you with another four that stretches the floor. Maybe that's Harrison Barnes playing the four if, if he's still here. You know, maybe that's, you know, we just talked about Tobias Harris. Maybe that's Tobias Harris landing in Sacramento somehow, some way. So um, let me go back to one thing that you just said uh, just a second ago. You, you talked about um, running him back, kind of the same approach to, to this upcoming season as you had last season, kind of uh, put him out there, see what you have type thing, see what he can uh, do, hopefully stay healthy. My question is to you, Sean, does that work? while uh does that work to have him on kind of that unknown timeline what can he be while you have in theory the rest of the kings with this idea of we're doing everything we can to win right now to make the playoffs as early as this this upcoming season do those can those two timelines i guess coexist yeah absolutely i mean look development is first and foremost like playoffs are nice but half the league makes the playoffs matt and in this past year more than half the league make the playoffs Mm -hmm. you know it's not Monty McNair's fault that this team hasn't made the playoffs in 15 years. You know, if, if, and, and if any Kings fan thinks that playoffs is your success over anything else, like, come on, man, what are we doing? Right. It's not, the goal is not to win it, to, to make the playoffs, to, make, to win a freaking championship. Right. That's, that's everyone's goal. There are realistic goals, however. And yeah, getting back to the playoffs would be a great benchmark. And, but, but the two can play hand in hand again, ne- who knows what next year's, season for Tyrese Halliburton looks like you know we were all excited over Marvin Bagley's first season what happened the next season Mm. what if Tyrese Halliburton goes down what if what if De'Aaron Fox is out for the season these are all these what ifs that you just don't have a crystal ball for so um, you have to temper and you have to temper enthusiasm a little bit be excited I mean be excited but but have realistic be just just be realistic I'll say this one of the things that I enjoy because I love seeing fans on Twitter and social media and you know I think I think in, in, in talking to them sometimes, and I, I think even you, Matt, sometimes you get people get a little too enthusiastic over a six game, seven game winning streak. And they start looking beyond. As Not if, me. As, I yeah. wouldn't do that. <laughs> and my point is just see it first. Like, why are we talking playoffs? They haven't made it in 15 years. Every year we go in there and I was like, Oh, I think this is going to be the year make playoffs. I'm going to go, well, I, I, I don't like to lose my house if I'm a <laughs> betting man. So I'm going to go in and say, probably not. And the odds will be in my favor. Right. Mm. So, I mean, my whole point is just let it happen. Just enjoy the ride. I know it sucks. I know it, you know, losing sucks. Fans hate it. But when you're the one putting playoffs in your mind and it doesn't happen, you're only putting the, you're only causing your own harm and self-destruction. Like these guys, you should have an expectation of your team to do well. And, and, you know, it had, you know, hopefully it does, but at the same time, you just you want your team not to just make the playoffs, but make a long run of success. You know, what does it matter if you go in one year and then you blow it up the next year and when something happens and all of a sudden you hit the reset button again? That's going to be the ultimate downfall. So I think, you know, getting to replicate something of, of a team, much like San Antonio, who's a perennial playoff team year in, year out, where it's not just, okay, goal of making the playoffs, but winning a championship, that's the goal. So. Yeah, make the playoffs, I guess. But if you're bouncing the first round, does it matter? I mean, it'd be nice, but you only played four more games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's. I think it's. We're saying the same thing. We'd like to see you know playoff basketball return to Sacramento. We know what that atmosphere is like, but atmosphere is great for the regular season too. I'm not worried about atmosphere. I'm worried about the team sustaining long-term success. I don't know if I've asked more impossible hypothetical questions in a single interview. And uh, if we weren't under the, uh, the Tegna umbrella, Sean Cunningham may never come back on the locked on Kings podcast, but Hey, I had a good time. 
I had a good time. Hey, Matt, <laughs> what would the what would the A's be without like we see? You know what I mean? It's like it's like okay, if what, if Tyler Soderstrom comes up to the A's organization next year, <laughs> do they make the playoffs in two years? Hold like on, all hold the on, type of on. questions. Like how do you answer that? Don't you drag my A's into this? The A's are a decent <laughs> team. They're a bad organization, but they're a decent team. Okay, don't go dragging the Oakland A's into this. All right, as long as they're uh, still in Oakland, but. Uh, Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. You're so gracious with your time. We always go long, but I don't care. It yeah. makes my life easier, uh, and uh, the listeners always enjoy it. I appreciate you. I look forward to doing more work with uh, you and Lena here in the near future, and whatever the hell happens this offseason, whether it's trading Marvin Bagley, keeping Marvin Bagley, trading Buddy Heald, what they decide to do with the draft pick, uh, you and Lena and everybody at ABC10 will be all over that with the fantastic coverage that you do. So thank you so much, my man. I appreciate it. You know, anytime uh, I look forward to these conversations, they're therapeutic as, as always. <laughs> Sean is truly the best. I can't wait to have him back on again. Remember, we want to hear your thoughts on Marvin Bagley, what the Kings should do with him this offseason, and even your thoughts on how Marvin Bagley should approach next season, what he should be focusing and working on. At Matt George Radio on Twitter. You can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. You can also find Sean Cunningham on Twitter and check out all the great work that he does at ABC10. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. I'm working on getting a guest from the realm of the Dallas Mavericks to talk a little bit about Kristaps Porzingis, his potential availability, and what a Kings Mavericks trade conversation surrounding Porzingis would sound like. I'm aware there's a significant contingency of Kings fans who would not be a fan of Kristaps Porzingis coming to Sacramento, but I thought, why not figure out what kind of value Kristaps Porzingis has, at least in the eyes of the Mavericks. Working on getting that for you on the next episode of Locked On Kings. Whatever we cover, it's always going to be focused on the Sacramento Kings. We'll get you through this entire offseason and then some, so please stick with me. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.